0: you know how reality show is the first date they're like my grandmother died and like now her ghost haunts me and I'm I'm struggling with a whole bunch of things and you're like what so I'm just like yeah I like the color purple I'm like I'll just stop leave it at at
1: that and welcome back. So today's guest is one who I was super interested in talking to. And she works on a show that I have been a fan of for a few years now. It's a reality dating show. And unfortunately, we're not at liberty to say which show it is. So you'll have to use your imaginations and just, you know, keep in mind the fact that I mentioned I'm a fan of this show. There were definitely moments during the interview where I found myself struggling to phrase a question in a way that wouldn't use the specific catchphrases or vernacular of the show itself because it would have been a clear giveaway. And I think that we worked around it for the most part, may have a couple of clips that we have to edit out where one or both of us slipped up. But yeah, it was a really fascinating discussion because we just talk about what it's like to work on a reality dating show that really paints dating in this glamorized light and really just normalizes a lot of dating behaviors that truly don't apply to the real world and to hear her perspective on how she applies that, but then also kind of manages her expectations so that she's not setting unrealistic expectations based on television and based on like what this show portrays as normal. So I think it's a really great discussion. We get to hear a little bit of behind the scenes, not all of the behind the scenes, just because again, she does still currently work for the show. So can't spill all of the juicy secrets, but really fascinating interview. I hope you enjoy and yeah, excited to hear your guesses on which show it might be. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're here for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. And today's guest was an introduction from a good friend and another former guest himself, Ryan Pantages from episode 47. I love you, wingman. I have Christine Loetta. She is a story producer on a very iconic dating reality show. And legally, we're not allowed to disclose which one, but we are just going to leave it at that. And she has a lot of great insight to bring to this discussion. Welcome.
0: I do. Hello. Oh my god, that was that was fun. That was exciting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited and I feel like this is obviously like an LA based podcast just because I'm in LA. That was kind of like the nexus of starting this whole thing, but recently I've had so many New York guests lately. It's been like a whole slew. And so I feel like diving into Reality TV production really feels like a strong return to like the LA dating scene. And so I have to ask how long have you lived in LA? Oh, that's
0: actually really funny. I have lived in LA now for almost four years, but like I've grown up LA adjacent. Like I grew up in Whittier, which is maybe like 30 minutes outside of LA. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And after living in LA for four years, do you feel like you are an Angelino at this point or do you still have ties oh, totally. to Whittier? No, no, no.
0: <laughs> I like put on a Dodger cap and I'm like, look at me. Look I'm at home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're like, this is my uniform now.
0: <laughs> Which is really funny, though, because like I don't even care for sports, but like I have that Dodger hat and I'm like, here we go. Like, look at me. A real Angelino.
1: I feel like everyone has that like Dodgers gear, whether they actually watch or not. It's just such an iconic like brand in itself. So yeah, I get that. I get that. Exactly. So how did you get involved in like working on your current show?
0: Oh my goodness. This actually, that's such a funny story. When I graduated college, I had changed my major four times because I didn't really, I knew I'd always wanted to work in television, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. So, you know, changed the major four times. And I just ended up with communications, which is like the easiest degree. Sorry to any communication majors out there, <laughs> but like I was doing computer science at one point to work in animation. Oh, yeah, so that was like quite a, a shift, quite a shift. Right. Uh, once I realized it was a lot of math, I was like, oh, not for me. But anyways, graduated college. I ended up working at a pool for like a lot of years. And then I went to customer service for a lot of years. And so randomly, my mom, she did makeup at some point in her life. She does makeup and would do like indie movie type situations. And so she found this person that needed somebody on Craigslist. So I go because I'm nosy and I was bored. And I was like, hi. And I ended up like paing that day. And long story short, this woman was like a big person at and so she really liked me. And she said, if I ever wanted a job, let her know. And I was like, oh my God, I love you, Queen. Thank you. And then like fast forward a couple years, the job I was at, they were letting everybody go. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm going to hit up my friend. And so I call her up and she connected me with these amazing people. And that's how I ended up working in television.
1: Oh, wow. I love that. Okay. Yeah. We love a connection and a referral. I feel like that always goes such a long way. Very much appreciated.
0: But I always feel bad because I'm like, oh fuck, nepotism! Like, no. (laughs) And then I like kind of got in because I knew somebody, so I feel really hypocritical about that. But like, my whole goal now is to help other like young Latina women get in. That's like exactly. I'm putting it forward, right? That's something. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I feel like as long as you use your opportunity for good, then it negates the initial nepotism.
0: That yeah, that's what that's what I'm going to tell myself too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I guess like you have worked on this show since 2018 if I'm like remembering correctly. And so have you worked on other shows like during the off season or has this been like your main stint in reality dating?
0: It's probably been my main stint, but as of late I've been like branching out and it's been so much fun. Like reality TV is such a small knit world. I feel like, like I could ask any producer, any editor, and they'll be like, oh yeah, I know so-and-so from like Hell's Kitchen or like, oh, we we're buddies on Survivor. And just like, it's so small Like on this new show I'm on, I'm like, oh, do you know so? And so I'm like, oh, my God, she was like a PA at the time. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like how everything's intermingled. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm mostly a dating reality TV kind of gal at the moment.
1: That's awesome. And so you work as a story producer. Like how big is the team that you work with in general?
0: Yeah. So it depends on what show you're on. But like for the main show that I'm always on, it's a... maybe between like 10 to 15 people and then like other shows I've been on, it's been like a team of six people. So it's like, it's a small vibe. Like I feel like editors, there's always so many editors, at least in reality TV. Yeah.
1: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah.
0: Well, like they do so much. I'm a big editor mm-hmm. fan, love editors. They do so much. Mm-hmm. They're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> but yeah, I, our teams are pretty small. I feel like. Mm, okay.
1: So this is a slight side note and I know it wasn't in the outline. And if you're like, Oh, I can't mention like this distinction, totally fine. But. I think it might be informational for people who aren't quite as familiar with like the TV world and like what the back end of it is. On a top line level, can you describe like the general difference between what a producer versus an editor typically does?
0: Yeah. So producers and editors, we're, you know, we're a tag team, we're a duo. Editors are the ones who are like really going in and like making the story like physically, like they're pulling pieces here, pulling pieces here and connecting them. Um, Story producers were really there to like help guide, I guess, with a story, which sounds self-explanatory, but it's more than that. So like, usually we're the ones that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are sometimes in the field and we have like firsthand knowledge of what happened on set that day, or like Mm -hmm. we'll help pinpoint Mm -hmm. stuff in footage and, you know, our system be like, oh, I think that happened on this day. Let me go find it for you. Mm -hmm. So we just really work together to like help form a story, a cohesive story.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I have always said The people who work on reality TV, like production, editing, all of it, I'm like, wow, they are masters at their craft because it's like you're filming 24 seven. I'm sure a lot of it is really dull, really boring. (laughs) And so to create a curated story and like a narrative from start to finish, that makes sense. And that gets you invested in these people's lives is just so much talent. And I can't even imagine the like man hours that go behind that. It's crazy. Oh, it's
0: insane. Like the first few weeks of
1: filming, it's, a, I call it like hell week, like, a, <laughs> like, you know, sports. It's
0: like that first week you go back and it's just like nonstop. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. what it's like, but it's really fun. Cause like, especially like coming back now after like COVID, it's like really nice to see everybody again. And it's like be on set and to have crafty, maybe that's just me, <laughs> but like, I just enjoy
1: it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know this isn't your direct role, but do you have any insight into as you are ramping up for a new season and it's like, okay, it's time to select a new cast of contestants. What are the casting directors or like maybe any of like the talent producers, like in general, what are they looking for? Like what makes someone a good candidate to be a contestant on a reality dating show? Really attractive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I
0: mean, mean, not wrong. uh, uh, I'm just kidding. Like it's not my forte, obviously like story. We're literally the nerds in the back. That's what I say. Like people are like, Oh, your job's so cool. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's really not. I'm in a dark room. I'm taking notes, like no social interaction sometimes. <laughs> but I do feel like just my personal opinion for that is what makes a good candidate for a reality TV contestant is somebody who just has a good story. That's really, really what it comes down to. I feel like, like if you have a story with that people could root for in some way or like be against, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's what makes good television, good storytelling. That's really (laughs) what it is. And obviously like you look for the pretty people, which I mean, that's any reality. That's TV, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate, but yeah, I think it's just across the board in entertainment in terms of like when you have on camera entertainment. So That makes sense. And yeah, I do feel like it's interesting that you bring up the fact that it could be a negative story. But as long as there's something that like people feel passionate about, about this character, then it's going to make for good viewing.
0: Yeah. You want somebody you either want to see yourself on TV, you want, you know, to root for somebody on television. Like that's how like I would see it. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I want to craft a narrative that like resonates with people
1: hmm I feel like it's kind of like you want someone who is either aspirational or like makes the audience feel better about themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, honestly, or just like people who are like hams, I guess is the best way to say it. Like some people are just yeah. born for reality TV. I think like you look at, I mean, Flavor of Love, such a good show.
1: My gosh. Tip, like wow. T-
0: Tiffany, New York. Like she mm-hmm. is made for television, I feel like.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Slight side note. I wish I remember <laughs> the name of this show. There's another show and it's like where older not older but like former reality stars that like you know they have former bachelor contestants they had New York they had like I don't even know who else they had people from like Jersey Shore they're all single and they'll come together in this house and like pair up and like try and go through dating and relationship coaching and i watched one or two episodes when i was just like up really late working and i was like this is fantastic
0: <laughs> i like like reality tv but not it's just cuz like working in it i can like totally tell when they like edit stuff now and it's like It ruins the the appeal sometimes. But I was watching 90 Day Fiancé, great show. I don't work on it, but like I'll support it. Go 90 Day Mm Fiancé. But they had a TV show after it and it was like famous people's kids on a ranch. (laughs) Wow. I was like, this is so stupid, but I ended up watching two episodes because I was like, this is great. Yeah, it sucks you in. It's so sad. But like,
1: they really know what they're doing. They do. So I mean,
0: like, go story producers, go editors. Like, we know our stuff, I guess.
1: (laughs) You guys do. And so I have to ask, like, even though you don't interface with the talent directly, you know, you're interfacing with the clips of them and all of that. Do you still find a way to develop like favorites or like feel like you have connections to the talent from the back end? Yes. So one of
0: my favorite things to do before we start filming and like, I like to go and figure out what their astrology sign is.
1: (gasps) So like, I'll watch
0: their like intro tapes and all their, their packages and be like, okay, this bitch is a Virgo. And I'm like, oh, go look. And I'm like, damn it, she's like a cancer or something. Oh my god. So I was like what I love to do. It's like a hobby of
1: mine. That is amazing. I didn't know you were so into astrology. I'm gay. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I also didn't know that was a thing. Oh my gosh. You did it? Okay. Oh my no. god. Yeah. It's
0: like, I'm like not speaking for all lesbians or gay people, but like it's a running joke that it's like, oh, what time were you born when you immediately start dating somebody? Because you want to go mm-hmm. check their, their chart. Not that I know anything about charts, but
1: yeah, okay. I don't know much about that. I actually just looked up my chart because I'm gonna be a guest on another podcast where I know she's going to ask. And so I'm like, I need to have this answer prepared. Like wait, what are you? I'm so curious now. So okay. Well, actually, first, what do you think I am? Just as my like broad sign. So I wanna say you're a Virgo, but
0: also I'm a Virgo and I just assume everybody else is a Virgo. Just because mm, like you're so okay. good together and like I feel oh, like you have your shit. You. I don't know. You just seem like so like on it. It's empowering. I'm wow. like, you're a Virgo. But I, I, you're probably not.
1: <laughs> that is so nice to hear that I seem like I have my shit together. It's thank you necklace. so much. It's
0: the necklace and the eyebrows, honestly. I was like, oh man, <laughs> she, she's she got it all.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Meanwhile, I'm like scrambling to get like ready for the camera like 15 minutes before this. No, you're doing lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I'm actually a Libra. I'm a Libra towards like the end of it. I'm like Libra almost Scorpio because my birthday is on the 21st.
0: Okay, wait. This is why like, I like you because... I grew up super Christian and I don't like fully believe astrology, but like, I love it. And it's so fun. Mm-hmm. I'm here for the memes, you know? Yeah. But yeah. My placements are a lot of Libra and Taurus are my favorite people. So I was like, mm, I like her.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. This all makes sense. Yeah. In your head, you're like, this fucking weirdo. <laughs> no, no. I don't know enough about it. Especially like if it gets to like, what's your rising sign and what's your moon? I i don't know.
0: They have apps for that. Don't worry.
1: Okay. I need to offline with you about this. (laughs) So like I mentioned earlier, you've been on the show since 2018. And that wasn't that long ago, which is crazy to say, but like, I think in a number of ways, it feels like it was forever ago. And so I feel like so much has happened culturally just as a whole. And so we've like, as a society shifted how we talk about and view like dating, sex, sexuality, There's also like more discussions around representation and media and the importance of that. And I think it's all been great. I do think that it must be really difficult for especially very established reality shows to kind of like adapt and grow with the same rate that like our society is adapting and growing. And so how have you seen your show shift to like accommodate these changes? And then conversely, like how have you seen your show not shift? (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, i gotta figure out how to answer that hold on <laughs> yeah that's fair i feel like the shows that i have been on have done a really good job of like recognizing that there is a lot of things that we do need to work on like i feel like reality tv as a whole needs to
1: work on that
0: like you can look at any like why am i having such hard time speaking english i'm gonna blame COVID for this one i had COVID like last week
1: oh uh, yeah that's right COVID yeah so rp
0: no, COVID brain so I feel like reality TV as a whole is recognizing that we need to do a better job of representing everybody because not everybody is a size zero. Not everybody's white. Not everybody comes from like a privileged background. And I think a lot of things had happened over, you know, the past four years that people realized we need to wake up and be more representative of people as a whole. So shows are trying, which is nice. Like, I know different TV shows. Like I have friends who are now like getting more involved with their role in casting. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. That's so good. Like let's get more people on board. Let's not just stick with the normal, like what we've always been spoon fed. You know, that was a really long about way to say that. Like TV shows are trying (laughs) reality TV is trying. Yeah. But just my personal opinion, I wish we could do more. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a triple threat. I'm a woman. I'm Brown and I'm gay. So it's like, I wish I could see that everywhere on TV, you know, but it's like usually the people I work with on screen, that's not who I am. And so like at least for me, it's always hard to like really want to connect with what I'm working with, just because I'm like, I don't see myself in it. And not that you need to see yourself in anything, but it's just like, how long can I watch the same thing over and over again? You know?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that in recent years it's really improved. But I just think about what I would watch when I was a child. And I think about how rarely I saw myself. And so it really stood out when I did. And so I think that still applies as an adult, especially as you're like viewing love stories. And it's like, these are love stories of real people. And so it's like, if it, if they're real people, like how come I can't see myself exactly. re- reflected in that all the time or to the same like frequency that other people might.
0: I had that, this exact conversation with my dad. Well, not, well, not exact conversation, but he had mentioned, he's like, well, like, why do you need to see yourself on TV? Like, shouldn't you just want to be the first? I'm like, no, it's, I always give the example of Glee RIP that show. I was a big leek back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean like two years ago, um, it's really unfortunate. But anyways, I always say that, like, I didn't know I could be a lesbian Latina until I saw Santana on Glee. Like that's when I felt validated as a person. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not crazy. I'm not weird. I'm not like sinful. It's normal. And so like, I hope reality TV is going to get pushed more towards normalizing stuff because like for me i'm a little chubby i would love to see like a bigger woman on tv and i know like like i said earlier not every person is a size zero like mm-hmm. let's get some bigger sizes on there that would be so
1: nice yeah absolutely i remember there was one season i can't recall whose it was and on night one of this show there was actually one plus si- i think she was a plus size model um i think that was her career i think i remember seeing that yeah 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 And I think she got sent home on night one and then she wasn't there at the, like, I don't know if I can say it. (laughs) She wasn't there. (laughs) Okay. At um, the reunion show, at the reunion show. (laughs) She wasn't at the reunion show. And I remember because I specifically looked out for her. I was like, it's so cool that they cast this person. And then I was like, why wasn't she there? There could be a number of reasons. Maybe she didn't want to come back. Maybe she had a conflict, but I was just like, wow, I can't believe that the one time we've seen this on this show, it was literally for two hours. Yeah,
0: I think that's the worst. But I think it's also so funny that like, not funny, I guess, but i before I worked in reality TV, I would always be like, Oh, why isn't so and so here? Why isn't so and so here? And like, I always create all these conspiracies. And then Like now working on the back end, I'm like, oh, they just couldn't be there. Like, yeah, you always think it's something crazy. And it's like, oh, like they're people too.
1: Yeah. I feel like especially if it's like the reunion, it's like you've just come off of watching a whole season of something. And so for me, I feel like I become like slightly more dramatic, just like by (laughs) association. So then I'm like, there must be some like crazy backstory when it's like, no, maybe not. Like
0: she was murdered. (laughs) That's why I was like, she's dead somewhere. And I'm like, no, she's on Instagram and could be there. Alive and well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, let's make reality TV a little more diverse, please. That's just my thing.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, you know, part of that also has to... I guess it's difficult, right? Because like you have studio execs and they're also thinking like, well, who is watching this show? And so I guess like, what's your understanding of like the average demographic and like how that maybe plays into some of the decision-making?
0: So like, (laughs) I just, for any reality TV show, this could be any reality TV show. I'm like, the demographic is going to be like a 18 to 35 year old white woman. Like That's why I picture watches reality TV as a whole. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, who sits down and watches this? And then I do. So I who actively likes this. And I don't fall into the 18 to 35 year old white woman. But here I am watching it. But like, for the most part, I feel like that's generally reality TV shows demographic and especially like dating reality TV shows. Because I look at it as escapism for people. And I'm like, I feel like that demographic like sucks at dating. So like, let me go into this fantasy world where dating is fun and fresh and nice. (laughs) I couldn't think of another word. Sorry.
1: No, that's true. And I also think of pre COVID, you know, you had some shows where maybe you like traveled to these exotic destinations and that is super aspirational, especially if you are someone who hasn't traveled and like you live in a very small town, for example. And so I think it's like It also plays into the escapism just like the glamorized nature of the dates and like the destinations that they go to so that's totally fair yeah
0: i mean dating in la is like oh do you want to go to like santa monica pier
1: Mm -hmm. and it's
0: like all these shows are like oh we're going to australia and like raise kangaroos and you're like oh my god that's such a cool first date
1: Honestly. Yeah. I'm like, come on, like step it up where it's like, okay, no one has that budget. Let's rein it in a little bit.
0: I want to go on a helicopter
1: and a yacht. Dang it. Oh my God. Yes. know exactly what you're referring to. I thought like, this is so over the top, but I am here for all of it.
0: Well, I feel like a lot of reality TV show now that COVID is not ending. We know that, but like now that restrictions are less, I guess, I don't know, but reality TV is back And like, I feel like all every show now is like, let's show that we're back in like a big way, which is nice because it's like, yeah, some shows have were really restricted on what they could do. And so it's nice to like, have a little bit of different scenery.
1: It is nice. I still will always feel bad for the leads whose season's aired (laughs) in the midst of everything. Because I watched I was like, this is what they're doing for the date. I was like, this is so sad. Just like by comparison, it's actually like, oh, this is yeah. just like a regular real life date. <laughs> like, It doesn't necessarily have that aspirational quality, but... See, the escapism is gone. <laughs> yeah, <it's so laughs> dr- Nobody wants to watch two people actually go on a date. No, it's not that glamorous. The whole premise of this podcast, dating is just not that glamorous in real life. <laughs> it's
0: really not. I like didn't date much growing up. Actually, I didn't date at all growing up. I didn't start really dating to like two years ago. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, I hate it. I have just been like, you know what? I'm okay being
1: alone. Like, okay. Yeah. Can we like talk about that? Because <laughs> yes. I know during our like intro call, like I was telling you how I hadn't really online dated until I was like 27. Like I dabbled a tiny bit and went on like one or two dates, but 27 was when I really was like, all right, I'm here. I've like exited these two relationships. And I really thought dating was going to be like being on The Bachelorette. Like not actually, you know, but like in a sense (laughs) of being like, yeah, I'm the main character and I'm going to have all these guys who are so excited to date me. And then I'm just going to have my pick and I might fall in love with three of them. And the hardest thing will be choosing which one of these eligible bachelors. And it's like, no, everyone is dating multiple people and you're not the main character. Like no one really cares more about you than about anyone else. Like, until you've gone on maybe like a hundred dates and then you find someone who actually cares about you more than everyone else. But it's a lot of duds up until that.
0: It's so many duds. I feel jaded. I'm like, maybe I do need to go on a reality dating TV show. I don't know. Maybe I'll find love that way. Oh my gosh. uh, (laughs) This hinge dating is not working. I, I hate that app. I download it and then I delete it and then I download it again. And then like, maybe Mm -hmm. it's
1: now. Yeah, it's not all as cracked up to be. And I would say like hinge for me was the least of all evils. Like I would advocate for that one over any of the others, but it was very frustrating. And I had a lot of moments where I was like, wow, this is really what we're being served right now.
0: Yeah. And then it's like, sometimes with people that like you, well, this is mean. I'm like, is this like who I attract? And I'm like, I thought I was a little bit cooler than that. I don't know. Christine, literally.
1: (laughs) I have said before that like, I've never felt more attacked than like with hinges most compatible. And I'm like, Hinge, are you serious? I feel like a bitch for saying it because I'm just like, I'm not better than any of those people, but I really am just like, this is who you think like I have the most qualities in line with. And I've just heard that it's like, okay, it's based on like who they like and who you like. So it's like, I don't know
0: but like, I don't usually like the ones they recommend. I'm like, I, I yeah, it's like a slap in the face I'm like, excuse me.
1: Mm-hmm. But then conversely, I once had my ex-boyfriend serve to me. And then I also once had like a friend who I'd hooked up with served to me. And so I was like, okay, but they're actually accurate with these two, I guess. So then <laughs> it like made me consider everything. I don't know. You have to trust the process. Use reality tape, you know, just trust the process. Very reality show of you to say that.
0: I literally will use terms like she's not here for the right reasons. And like, <laughs> like it's so bad. Like it work
1: takes over your thought process for sure. I can only imagine. So I have to ask, and we're not disclosing which show that you work on. So to be objective, let's pretend that the show that you work on is like in this consideration set. Just like kind of looking at the whole landscape of dating shows, because I feel like there's so many more out there now. What do you think are the most entertaining ones? And like, if you had to be a contestant on a dating show, which one would you pick?
0: Well, would these dating shows allow gay people now? <laughs> yes, okay. Let's like, okay. yes, definitely using that as a big caveat. I was like, none of them. <laughs> 90 Day Fiance. I don't know if that qualifies as like a dating show. I guess they're dating, meaning for the first time. Yeah. But they do such a good job of just like, stringing you along and like the people they choose for that show i'm like did they do a psych eval because i feel like they didn't because they're just like a little out there and i love it's like a train wreck i
1: can't look away like i love 90 day fiance so good well i guess like i haven't really watched it that much i feel like there's a period where i was interested because of big ed i was like this character (laughs) i was just seeing him all over social media i was like rose and big ed are fascinating and so i did like try and watch for that but I guess of like the ones where you're competing rather than it's like, oh, oh I'm in an established relationship and they're following me around.
0: I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe I would do The Bachelor because I feel like that would be fun. Like I would want to go travel.
1: Yeah. Maybe when
0: I like be, well, that's me being gay. I was like being in a house full of women. That sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, that would be actually really great. I feel like that would add a whole extra dynamic and like so many more opportunities. I would
0: truly love a gay, a real gay bachelor not, you know, like Colton gay bachelor.
1: Yeah, not like subsequently gay.
0: <laughs> yeah, like not after the matter gay, but like actually gay with gay contestants because I think the drama would be so good too because like the other women could in theory form a relationship with the other women. You get jealousy. Yeah. Like it would be so good. Oh my gosh,
1: it really would. That would be such a test of loyalty. It's like you're here for this one person, so like try not to look around at all the other women in the house.
0: And I'm like, what could be the thing? Like if you, if we catch you like kissing another woman, what happens? But I'm like, no, that's like, I don't know. But I would watch that. I would want to be on a show like that for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Love is blind is cool too. I really do like love is blind. I did too. Cause like, I mean, but mostly everybody was not really attractive on that too. I feel like for the most part.
1: Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I feel like in comparison to a show like the bachelor, I was like, oh, everyone is a little more average looking, but it's like, they're still really above average, obviously. It's just like, I think some other TV shows have like set the bar of like, oh, we're only casting like athletes and like pageant girls and things like that. So it's like, yeah, it really like skews your perception of reality. Well, that's
0: what my sister and I were just talking about, like TLC shows, reality shows, granted some aren't dating or competition, but it's like, I feel like they do a really good job for better or worse, showing normal ass people like big ed is a normal american dude like this is what normal people look like and so maybe that's why i'll gravitate more towards like the TLC shows but yeah it's always just really interesting
1: mm-hmm. and i guess like on that note do you think that there is one show in particular or maybe multiple shows that have stood out as doing a really like spectacular job at adapting to modern dating. And that can be in terms of like representation of contestants across like ethnicities, different career paths, backgrounds, but also like in terms of incorporating modern dating behaviors and like approaches to sex.
0: I gotta be honest. I don't watch enough dating shows like that to have an opinion on it. Yeah. I was like just adapting in general. I was like, I immediately went with like the circle, but that's not dating. But I think that show does a really good job of incorporating technology. Like I wish I would love to have a dating show, just following different people going through their hinge profiles
1: and Mm, like setting up like,
0: it'd be cool. Right. Like uh, ABC TLC hit me up.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) But like, it would be cool. Like maybe each week is a different person and you can have gay, straight, different ethnicities, everybody, the whole gambit and partner with Hinge, partner with Bumble, whoops ever. And then just follow them, track them as they go on dates. And then obviously that person would have to be okay with being on television, but like, it'd be fun. Like you got little one-on-one
1: dates and then maybe you do a group date. I don't know. Wow. That would be really cool. Yeah. I
0: love that idea. It'd be nice. I just, I want more representations. <laughs> That's all.
1: Yeah. 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 So I definitely wanted to kind of touch on your journey in dating to use some reality vernacular. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I know you've mentioned, of course, like you're queer and I feel like I would love if you could retell the story about how reality dating kind of played a role in you coming out to your parents or really just like expediting that discussion.
0: (laughs) Expediting that. That's a perfect way to put it. (laughs) So one of the seasons that I worked on One of the contestants, I thought, I just had like a feeling he might be a little fruity, right? And so I had went home and I told my parents, I was like, oh, I feel really bad for this contestant. Like, I think he could be gay, but he's hiding it for whatever reason and like really leaning into the opposite. And my parents, they're super, super Christian. In the past, they've said there's too many gay people in the world. They've actually had conversations to me saying you don't want to end up like Rosie O'Donnell as a kid. A lot of religious trauma there, right? We're good now. Don't worry. That's what therapy is for. But he had said in that moment, he was like, Oh, that's so sad. Like, he should be able to live his life like who he wants to. And so in that moment, I was like, Wow. And I like went upstairs and cried in the shower because like I had never heard my parents speak positively about like gay people like that.
1: Oh my God. So for me,
0: that was such a big sign because I was closeted up until 27. Mm, I'm 29 now. They yeah, up until that point, they had nothing positive. And so I was like, Okay, this is my sign that they'll be okay with me telling them that I like women and so I think a few months passed yeah and then I came out and they were like why are you crying like we had a feeling (laughs) like we kind of figured it oh yeah they were so sweet there's still little stuff like this Christmas oh makes me cry my dad he got me a little globe and it said uh what does it say it says hate has no home here and it's like the pride flag and the trans flag I don't think he knew it was a trans flag but like I was just like oh my heart," like. So they're trying, and I would like yeah. to thank Reality TV for that kind of.
1: That's really sweet. Like my heart just skipped a beat at like that gift. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's really nice.
0: Definitely thought they were going to kick me out growing up. So it's really nice that they're supporting and loving.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess at what age did you kind of realize that you were attracted to women, and then like what was the process of kind of, I guess keeping that a secret from like two people who you're so close to. Uh,
0: a lot of mental gymnastics. I used to tell myself like. I can only have gay thoughts at night, but that doesn't make me gay. So I was like really, really Christian myself growing up. And I think that's why I came out so late in life is where I was so afraid of like disappointing God and my parents. And so I think I started to realize around 15 that I had like feelings for women. And I hid that up until, oh, this is embarrassing. I hid it up until The Force Awakens from Star Wars came out. There was a scene where Rey, like, force grabs a lightsaber from Kylo Ren. And, like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I love women. In that moment, I was like, I can't (laughs) pretend I'm straight. And so it was a good, what, 15 to when did that come out? I don't know. There was, like, a good 10-something years where I was like, no, I'm not gay. I can just think gay thoughts at night. And I would pray that I could be turned straight because I just, again, was so terrified of destroying my family and, like, their faith and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really was Star Wars hitting me in the gut. Like, wow, I guess I can't pretend I like guys anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love that there was like one definitive media portrayal that like really was like, okay, this is it. (laughs) We're accepting it.
0: Oh, yeah. And. Like, I was like, I know God is real and I know God cares because the year after or a few years after I sat next to Daisy Ridley at a Barbra Streisand concert. Yeah, it was really random. I had to change my phone background because she was my background <laughs> at that moment. And I didn't want to look like a super fan or a freak. Um, so I was like, i oh, got to change that really quick. And I was like, I love you so much. And I wasn't out out at the time yet. But if I could tell Daisy Ridley, I'd be like, thank you for making me a
1: lesbian. Like, you're doing the Lord's work. Daisy Ridley, if you're listening, you know... I don't know. You can slide into Christine's DMs. Maybe she'll plug her Instagram. <laughs> Miss Latina Faye. At, at your girl, please. Also amazing Instagram handle. I just Thank have to call you. that out. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I wish I had a cool story and can say it was mine, but I interned for a Christian comedian at one point. I went to a Christian college. Again, I was really into my faith right now. LOL. And <laughs> so I interned for this Christian comedian and it, that was a joke. That was like in not a fun way either, but he was like, you're really funny. He's like, you're Mexican. You're like Latina Faye. And I was like, thank you, white man. Oh thank you. God.
1: Wow. Wow. I mean, at least we, we co-opted it or you took it back. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. It's my turn now. Yes.
1: That's amazing. So yeah. What has it been like to date as an adult who's recently come out? Because I feel like it's like you're wading into the dating pool kind of for the first time, like in the last two years, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. I'm really sad because I told myself 2020 was going to be like my whore year. Like I was going to like slut it up, if you will. (laughs) But that didn't happen because COVID happened. And like, I'm not a a slutty person anyways. Like I like to say, like, I have the sex appeal of like a baby penguin. Like I'm kind of just here. Oh my God. It's really (laughs) hard dating because everybody's like, oh, like, you want to come over? And I'm like, no, like, (laughs) can we talk a little bit first? Like, can we get to know each other? Like, what's your grandma's name? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I want to know somebody.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: it's just like weird. I don't know. It's a lot. And then like, when you tell like, so on the hinge profiles, you know, it has your job. And so I have story producer and people like, Oh, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And so when you're in LA, like, there's a lot of people who move, you know, out of state to come and be an actor like somehow help their career and so I'm always like oh like sorry like I can't help you get on the show like I'm the nerd in the back yeah I don't have any say in anything like yeah so that's fun but it is a good way like a good icebreaker I guess like for some reason a lot of queer women really do like dating shows like straight Mm -hmm. dating shows it's really Mm -hmm. weird so they always get excited when they hear that like I dabble in that. And so I'm like, Oh, cool. And they're like, can you tell me something? And I'm like, unless you're ready to pay my $5 million NDA, like, absolutely not. Oh my gosh. That is what $5 million. That's what they I think it's like a rumor, but like, that's what they always joke about. And I'm like, haha, I will never have that in my life.
1: That is insane. Wait, so like what does that mean? Like if you say something that is on a list of like forbidden topics, they will sue you for five million dollars? That's what they say. I don't know if that'll actually happen, but I also don't want to be the first person to find out. Honestly, yeah, it's not worth it. Not worth it. No, I don't have money, so <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, like, how often do you feel like you encounter clout chasers when you're on the app based on your career?
0: Oof. So I would say there. every time I download the app, there's maybe like Two And I download the app maybe like once every other week. <laughs> so like, cause again, I download it. Yeah, I hate it. Delete it. Download it again. Mm-hmm.
1: Toxic cycle. <laughs>
0: it is. It is. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll meet somebody naturally. Cause like growing up, I was like, okay, I'll meet somebody in college, mm-hmm. but I'm also gay. So like I went to a Christian college, so that didn't really work out. I was like, Oh, I'll meet somebody at church but also I'm not in church anymore. So that's not going to work out. I was like, oh, meet somebody at my job. And I'm like, "Mm, everybody's an older person who's already married. And I'm like, that's not going to work out. So I'm running out of options and I I just still got to use Hinge, I guess. Yeah, for
1: now. I don't know, maybe like a club or something. Sure. I say that as someone who literally joined flag football, trying to meet guys when I was single. And like every guy on my team was in a relationship. So no. it didn't work out for me. Yeah. I also joined it because I like flag football. Like I wouldn't just do something that I hate just to meet somebody. But I was like, oh, if I'm going to do a sport that I like, why not pick one that's going to have more guys? Didn't work out for me.
0: That's actually really smart. I wonder, I'm um, like, what hobby do I have? What do I like? Yeah. Like a book club, maybe? Totally. Oh, totally. That could be a thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. On one of the shows
0: that I've worked on, the gr- one of the contestants met their partner through like a little group like that. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, is that how we're meeting people now? Like Zoom groups? Yeah, that is like, kind of wild. A, it was a Zoom dance group, it sounded like. And like, they just really hit it off and they like went to a separate Zoom hangout. Like <laughs> private <it's> very, chat. <laughs> like, yeah, private chat for real. So oh my that's what dating is
1: now. <laughs> it is. That's so crazy. So I guess that being what dating is and the fact that it is not glamorous at all, especially during COVID. I know we were talking about like how difficult it is to view reality dating and to not conflate it with real dating. So how do you avoid oh like comparing these glamorized dating scenarios since it's kind of like engulfing your whole job with like the actual uneventful aspect of everyday dating?
0: Uh, therapy helps a lot. Um. <laughs> It's so funny because every date that I go into, especially the first date, I'm like, okay, I don't need to give my whole backstory. I don't need to like <laughs> give some traumatic story. Like they don't need to know X, Y, and Z. I'm like, it's not TV. I was like, I can just mm-hmm. tell them my favorite color and it'll be okay. <laughs> Cause like, you know how a reality show is the oh, first yeah. date. They're like, my grandmother died. And like, now her ghost haunts me and I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling with a whole bunch of things. And you're like, what? <laughs> so I'm just like yeah I like the color purple I'm like I'll just stop leave at it that. at that yeah that's but it's like okay like for me I've never really, never personally made it to like a hometown or like meeting the family and so I'm like okay like let's just stick with a, a group date like I'm happy
1: with group dates those yeah, are fun other yeah. people
0: are there but like one-on-ones they scare me
1: <laughs> yeah it is tough it is tough and I feel like you're so right I feel like Reality dating normalizes trauma bonding on like dates one and two. And I also feel like there are just a lot of overly effusive things that people say. Like a lot of times I'm watching shows and I'm like, how can you say this about this person? You, as far as I know, have spoken to them for like a total of an hour. And so, how do you like come to terms with like figuring out what a realistic timeline is for like when you should feel a certain way for someone? Cause I feel like reality dating makes it seem like oh, if you don't feel that spark instantly and you're not thinking this is the best person I've ever met, then you should move on.
0: So I haven't quite figured that out yet because <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But okay. So I always say like, even prior to coming out, I had wanted to know somebody for five years before I ever get married. Like mm-hmm. I do not move fast. I'm a Virgo. We move slow. <laughs> we'll talk about that after
1: yes
0: (laughs) but like i just am not somebody who rushes into things at all and so to like watch different contestants like fall madly in love in such Mm. a short span of time i'm just like you're insane like you need therapy like but i know it happens that's the thing like i know people could fall in love like at the drop of a hat Mm -hmm. does that happen on reality tv i don't think so um that's just my opinion (laughs) but it's just like Mm -hmm. i have to go in and be like okay like I don't have to fall in love with this person after talking to them for the first time. I don't have to like picture my life with them and like wonder what they're going to think about when we ever make it to fantasy suites, you know, like I don't have to think that way. And so it's just a lot of like, for me, at least journaling is huge because I'm like, okay, like I'm going to go on a date. I don't have to fall in love with them. I just need to tell them about myself. Do I like
1: them? That's all now. Yeah, I love that. It's like dating affirmations and expectation setting.
0: Yeah. And it's like also, it's really hard being a gay woman that just hasn't dated a lot as a whole. Cause they're like, oh, when was your last relationship? And I'm like, yeah, non existent. So have fun with that. Like I put Mm -hmm. that in my hinge profile now. I'm like, never been in a relationship. Take me out to dinner. I'll tell you more about it. Oh, I love that. I love how upfront that is. Yeah. I don't want people to think that (laughs) because in the past, people are like, oh, like I thought you dated a lot and like had experience. And I was like, absolutely not. And also, is that a backhanded compliment?
1: (laughs) yeah also like what made them assume that i don't know just because like i think from the
0: get-go i'm like really personable i'm like i'll talk to anybody about anything mm-hmm. and i like, just that confidence maybe but i'm like no like i won't hold your hand till the 10th date
1: like yeah i mean yeah. not really but like whatever yeah but theoretically yes yeah so
0: mm-hmm. it's fun not really
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i hate oh. it <laughs> like it sucks working in reality tv seeing all these people fall in love and i'm like you motherfuckers
1: that's true. But then I guess also like, how is it to view the heartbreak side of it? Cause you also see the people who have theoretically fallen in love with this lead and then they get sent home and they're so devastated and crushed. Like, how does that also play into the psychology of like your real life dating? Like personally, sometimes
0: I'm like, ah, like I'm kind of petty. Sometimes I'm like, ah, like, it wasn't going to work out, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I haven't had to, I haven't had to deal with too much heartbreak in my life just yet. So I haven't really, I don't have an answer to that one. That's fair.
1: That's fair. So I know we talked earlier about the qualities that make a good dating show contestant. And obviously that's very different from the qualities that make a good date in real life. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, like what are you looking for and what do you think makes a good date and a good long-term partner?
0: Yeah. So dating on TV shows, it's, you know, more about the story and like that. And obviously, like real life, you're not looking for a story per se. Like I'm not trying to find somebody who has the most trauma or like that would be horrible. Yeah. And that sounds counterproductive. Like I feel like people usually want like less emotional baggage when they're dating, which isn't really always fair, but whatever. But I think a good date is just somebody who like actually wants to be there and who has good conversations and is open. And sometimes we don't even get that on reality TV, which is really funny sometimes because I'm like you guys pick this person and like they don't want to talk on TV like why would you pick them like that happens that happens from time to time so yeah I think somebody who's just like wants to talk who's open who's
1: sociable mm-hmm.
0: and who doesn't have a tragic backstory and who doesn't want to become Instagram famous
1: that is very fair all <laughs> the things that you definitely don't want in a partner is like someone who's looking for clout honestly <laughs>
0: like that's how I picture reality tv at this moment any tv show if you're actively going and trying to like make yourself like a name on tv I'm like okay like what are you pushing what's your instagram like mm-hmm. you're already a model mm-hmm. like
1: I don't want to buy your hair gummy the bear thing oh my Like God. no sugar bear hair please <laughs> that's what it is I was like what's that name yes. sugar bear <laughs> so sad that like we know what that is <laughs> just because it's been exactly. like hawked so much <laughs>
0: I'm just like, go on TV and make me laugh. Like, let's not chill
1: anymore, please. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's a slippery slope. I don't think we're coming back from that trend.
0: (laughs) I don't think so either. (laughs) This is our our destiny as
1: people. (laughs) Yes. So I guess, you know, now that we've talked all about how reality dating shows compare to real life dating, I wanted to end with a game that kind of puts you in scenarios of reality dating show dates. Oh, that's so fun. Oh my God, I'm ready. Okay, so we're gonna play Would You Rather and these are things that have happened on past reality shows that I've watched. And so it's really just like the lesser of two evils, which date would you rather go on? Okay. Okay, so would you rather go on a date where your ex is performing at the venue that you're at or <laughs> would you rather that your ex shows up on a date and try and actually win you back?
0: Uh, Win me back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's fair. Yeah. I know what you're referencing. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Win me back. Win me back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also it's like, that's kind of flattering. It's like obviously awkward for the person you're on a date with, but it is flattering even though it's awkward.
0: Because if it's the other way, like nothing is going to happen. You're just singing to me at that point.
1: Like, I don't want that. No, no, definitely not. I also will say, and this is maybe a story for another time, but I actually had the version of the latter happen to me where like an ex showed up when I was on date with someone else. So Actually, now that I'm like reliving that mentally, I'm like, maybe I wouldn't relive that again. Maybe I would pick the date where the ex is performing.
0: (laughs) So did you like this ex? Were you like, yes, I'll take you back or no? No,
1: no. It was being a Libra. I feel like this is one thing I do know about Libras. (laughs) It's very hard to deal with confrontation. I've gotten a little better about it over the years, but especially at this time, it was like the people pleaser in me like really wants to make this as comfortable as possible but it's like, I broke up with this person. Like I didn't want to be with them anymore. So I'm like, how do I let them down easy, but also like respect the person that I'm on the date with? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah.
0: Straight dating sounds so hard. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel like it's all hard. It's all horrible. <laughs> it's all hard. I'm being a brat. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay. So the next one, would you rather that you get nauseous and throw up in front of your date, or uh-huh. your date throws up shortly after you have your first kiss?
0: oh my god (laughs) god that's so hard when i throw up i cry oh no (laughs) yeah my sister's like i always can tell when you're throwing up because i hear (laughs) like she makes fun of me every time so i don't know if i want to do that on tv in front of whoever i'm trying to impress but also like i don't want somebody to throw up after kissing me oh my god what does that say about me is big ego blow, but it, like, would, would he? Would, know, would he? Would the person? <laughs> so I'm like thinking specifically of reality like, in reality am, TV mode. Yes, yes. Would the person? Would she? Like, would she be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Like, this isn't you. Like, would there be any talking, or is it just immediately throw up after kiss?
1: There would be talking.
0: Yeah, I guess I would need the reason, but like the producer in me is like, if I threw up, that would be really good TV. But I'm throwing up would be good TV too. Oh, man. I guess for the saving my ego, I'll throw up. I'll be the one to throw up.
1: Yeah. It's like really a question of like, what do you care more about being in a vulnerable position or about your ego? It's really like pitting those two against each other. I think I'd rather throw up as well.
0: I think, but like your ego is going to get blown and when it airs and then people tweet about it and it's like, oh, this person, she can't handle it. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Maybe they would feel bad for you though.
0: I do. I would want the pity. Okay. I'm throwing up. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So the next scenario, would you rather tell the story of how you lost your virginity? And this is like on a first date, or would you rather play never have I ever? And this is assuming that like, you can't lie that it'll come out at some point.
0: Ah, uh, we're going to go. Never have I ever. Okay. Okay. I don't have a Yeah.
1: I would, I think I would pick the virginity story myself. It's not really, there's nothing really exciting about it. So I guess it'd be kind of boring, but it's also like, there's nothing really to be held against me, I guess. So
0: I was like, I've done nothing in my life. So they're going to have a really boring round of never have I ever. That's fair. That's fair.
1: Yeah. It'll be over quickly. They'll probably get out first. I
0: always win the game where you have to put your fingers down. I was like, I've lived a very boring life. my friends. (laughs) (laughs) I will kick all your asses. Yes, Yes.
1: Okay. And then the last one, Would you rather have a date where you have to eat random animal intestines or a date where you get to eat tacos, but you have to eat them off of your date's body?
0: (laughs) Ah, That's so funny. I am a very picky eater, so I think I would rather have tacos Tacos. eaten off of me and have the sour cream drip off me too. Yeah. Mm. I think I'd rather do that one instead of eating the gross stuff.
1: I think I would pick the former. And I guess I'm like maybe giving animal intestines too much credit because I'm like, I feel like it just wouldn't taste, it would be gross in theory, but I feel like it's usually just like kind of chewy and like doesn't really have a taste.
0: See, I can't do textures. I can't do like I won't even. I am insane. I know this. I won't make chicken at home. Like I get so
1: grossed out by the texture of like raw meat. Oh, Chicken is gross.
0: <laughs> like raw chicken. But I just uh, any kind of meat grosses. I like will only eat out. Like I'm. I also live alone. I'm post
1: mating like almost every <laughs> day
0: because like I just won't touch any type of meat and well,
1: intestines. No. Yeah, that's fair. Texture doesn't bother me. Like I know there's some people who really don't like chewy things. I don't mind it at all. So I feel like I could just handle the intestines. Like, what about like a pig tongue or something? Yeah.
0: Actually, I shouldn't even say that. Like, I know Menudo likes Like, I'm a really bad Mexican too. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, that's normal. What?
1: Yeah, again, I feel like for me, the grossest part is like hearing what it is, but I feel like eating it wouldn't be as bad as I would be building it up to be in my mind. That's fair. Is fear factor still on? I was like, go on that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. What a throwback. Joe Rogan's origin, <laughs> or I don't know. It probably wasn't his origin, but like for me, that was his origin. For the masses,
0: I feel like it was his origin, his village and orange origin story, if you will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, Christine, this was fantastic! Thank you so much for coming yeah. on, sharing your experience. Is there anything that you would like to plug for the listeners?
0: I'm gonna plug myself. Yeah, I don't have anything to plug because I can't talk about
1: the new show. That's fair. That's fair.
0: Follow me on Instagram. I think I'm funny, Miss Latina Faye.
1: Yes, especially if you're Daisy Ridley.
0: Yeah, she. Deli- so I'm so sad because the day. <laughs> Not that you want to hear this, but the day after I met her, she actually took down her Instagram. And in my heart, I feel like it was me. No. But it was because, I know it wasn't I because know. of me, but I know it was because people were bullying her. Like, you know, oh, how, Star Wars, how toxic yeah. this is. Oh my God. Is. Yeah. They were bullying her. So they, she took it down. So I didn't I was realize really
1: that. Sad. That's so I sad. I did. I
0: did, because I wanted to slide into those DMs so and, Like, remember me? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I even gave her, like, a little neck. Because at the time, I was working for a jewelry company. And so, like, I gave her a necklace. And I was like, we help homeless people. And I'm like, here, take it, blah, blah,
1: blah. And I want to... Christine, that is so smooth.
0: I I try. <laughs> I think I blacked out. I was, I was not smooth, I promise. <laughs> I think I was, like, hyperventilating.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, Daisy Ridley hit me up. I love you. Oh, my gosh. Well you know, maybe it'll happen. Maybe your paths will cross one day. I can only hope for your sake that they do. At a Barbra Streisand concert. Yep. (laughs) And for the listeners, you know where you can find the podcast. It's at interstates and heartbreak all spelled out. You can also find me there on TikTok and you can find my personal Instagram at Leslie Nope. L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P. Thanks everyone. I love that. Oh my God. Thank thank you. you. let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.